Hello, and welcome to the Casually Profound podcast. I'm Lauren McLean, your host, and here to bring you conversations with friends about how we apply spiritual concepts into our everyday lives. I'm joined today by Megan Sylvester and Liz Zamorski, two fabulous women um, who I have met through the internet at different times. Um, Megan, I have been following and in the spheres around the internet with um, for years, since I think 2018, um, we did, I responded to a, like customer profile type of interview and we talked then and just been enjoying each other's presence on the internet um, and Liz was a friend of a friend who joined us on the podcast last episode uh, to talk about tarot and is back and excited about talking about flow and what it means to um, live your life um, on your soul calling and all of that kind of thing so welcome ladies I'm so pleased to have you join us today thank you Thank you. Um, So I just wanted to start off with, now both of you, like myself, I have been through this journey as well, started off in a corporate world um, with that hustle, push, grow lifestyle. Um, And you guys both have kids and have had families to that phase too. I did not have that, thankfully. Um, But the, I... I'm curious now, everybody has switched over into what I would say is like a soul passion, a soul calling, your life of flow, um, moving beyond that like type A hustle. And so I would like to hear a little bit more from you ladies about what that switch was like, kind of when that switch happened and where you're at now and how you how you show up for the world now. Megan, would you like to tell us a little bit about yeah. your journey? I love this question. Yeah. So I was um, a director of sales and marketing for a healthcare company. And I started out, um, actually, when I graduated from college, I was supposed to go to law school and had this like deep inner knowing, like, no, 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 this isn't right. I moved to Thailand to like go save animals and then ran out of money and then came home and began the trajectory of a corporate career and climbing the ladder, you know, like a good girl doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing, making the money, driving the fancy car, wearing the fancy shoes. And for a while it was, um, oh gosh, it was like addicting, you know, like getting promoted and getting bonuses and, and then, you know, I found myself um, at, at, at the top of the corporate ladder at a very young age, and I was surrounded by really wonderful people. All of my colleagues in the corporate world were really great. Um, I still keep in touch with them. Yet there was this knowingness deep within that this, this can't be it, you know, even with the money and the cars and the, you know, all the stuff and the accolades and the promotions, like this this just isn't, it doesn't feel quite right. And so my, my body is, is what became the, um, the barometer saying like, ah, like things, things maybe aren't, aren't going so well. And, and I started to get really sick. I started to get ulcers, chronic migraines, um, really cystic, painful acne. Um, I was really tired all the time and depressed um, I was on antidepressants and and going to, you know, all the Western doctors trying to figure out what was wrong with me. For a while, I thought I had a brain tumor. Um, fortunately, you know, all those scans came clear. 
And, um, I, you know, everyone was just like, here, take this pill. Like you're going to be fine. And, um, none of the pills were working. And, you know, I just, I remember being in the mall with, with my youngest daughter, uh, or my oldest daughter who was young at the time. And, um, was just thinking like, man, like this is not the type of mom I I thought I was going to be. This, this just isn't, this isn't, this isn't it. And that was one of the first times that I ever reached out to spirit. You know, at the time I only really knew the word God and that word didn't really resonate with me because of my upbringing as a, as a non-Catholic child being raised in Catholic schools, you know, just kind of always felt a little far removed, but I just reached out and was like, please, please help, please help me. And in a few days, someone gave me a book. Um, and it was all about like, reclaiming your health. And, um, I read the book, I ate it up and I just started applying the principles to my life. And, um, it was the first time I can honestly say that I felt really empowered in the fact that I could make choices that changed my life. And, um, from there, I, I just started kind of like shouting from the rooftops, like, Hey, you can change your life. (laughs) You know, it's, it's not up to a boss or a job board or a a parent to come and save you. Like you can actually do it. And, and from there, um, this is a very condensed version, but I, I made the decision to leave my corporate high paying job, um, to start my own business. And that was a process. That was a, a big discussion with my husband And, um, I went part-time for a while. It absolutely did not happen overnight. Um, I did a year long certification course and, um, I did the whole thing where, you know, like I'm going to launch my website and get it all right. And then if you build it, they will come immediately, you know, and that, um, that, that didn't happen. And then, you know, a lot of, a lot of lessons learned of like, I am not broken. Things are just in process. And, um, that, that was a, that was a big lesson for me, you know? And, and so now, um, that was in 2017 when I left my, um, corporate job and we're in what, 2023 and I'm bad at math. So I don't know how long that's been. Um, but it's, it's been a real joy allowing my business to grow and evolve, um, and, and to follow my impulses. And so my business looks very different. Um, than when I, than when I started it. And I'm really proud of myself for that, um, for not boxing myself into another box, you know, and just saying like, I'm going to go and I'm going to flow and I'm going to really allow my work in the world to evolve. And, and I'm going to do it out loud and I'm going to take the time that I need. And I'm going to be real careful about labeling myself as, you know, being stagnant versus still, and I'm going to be real careful about not shaming myself. And I'm going to be real careful about like really, really celebrating myself. So it's been a really beautiful ride and um, there are ups and downs, but I'm, I'm just really proud of, of myself, which I think is a really awesome thing to be able to claim as a woman, especially in this world. And um, yeah, so here I am. <laughs> That's beautiful. The there's so many parallels there 
to my own story and what I know of Liz's story as well, the I didn't know that you almost went to law school, which is hilarious because I almost went to law school as well. Um, <laughs> the And Liz was a lawyer um, to, <laughs> okay. to spoil it a little bit. And so the went through a very similar realization of like everything was very like career go drive. This is the checkbox. This is the thing I have to accomplish. And like loved seeing my lawyer friends and like loved hearing about what they were learning about. And I would like pester them so much about like all this legal stuff. And then I got my first like student loan bill for my like first degree. And I was like, Oh no, it's not worth it. I just don't love it that much. Um, so that was interesting. So Liz, I'd love to hear about your story a little bit and where you have come through with all of this. Sure. And it's so hard for me listening to Megan, your story, because the whole time, like my brain's churning where I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So many parallels, but so much that I wanted to like respond to and be like, oh, I'm going to mention that when I do mine. So I'm going to try to keep this as linear and in flow as possible, but (laughs) there may be some tangents going on at the same time. Um, But so, yeah, my name is Liz. I graduated undergrad, did go to law school, (laughs) um, did take that on. I graduated law school. I passed the bar. And then um, through a series of, at the time, very fortunate events, I found myself practicing cross-border mergers and acquisitions and white-collar criminal defense in Dubai. And that was just a very fast-paced, talk about hustle culture, a very fast-paced, very hustle environment. Everything was go, go, go. I was lucky enough to meet a really great guy there. um, And we eventually got married and started a family. And there was a point in time, I was thinking about this earlier today, and I I was just zeroed into this point in time where I realized that in the hustle of life, I had co-opted every moment of my day to someone else, where literally I would wake up in the morning, I would chest feed my child, I would then get ready to go to work, I would pack my breast pump. I would then be in my luxury vehicle driving down Sheikh Zayed Road in Dubai, which is a 12-lane highway, breast pumping on my way to work with a like a cover over top of me so the other cars didn't know what I was doing. Get to work, you know, put that in the fridge, clean off my equipment, get to my desk, work a 12-hour day, be pumping every three hours in that day. And then come home, my husband would relieve the nanny at 6. I would come home usually like 7, 8 p.m., chest feed again as I was, you know, eating dinner. Um, Luckily, my husband's a really great cook, so I wasn't having to cook at the time. But, you know, and then putting my daughter to bed and then, you know, falling asleep exhausted and then waking up and doing it all over again. If I was lucky, in the middle of the day, I would be able to squeeze in a, a therapy appointment. Um, when my daughter was six months old, I lost my brother. So I was going to grief counseling, working 12 hours a day, chest feeding, you know, being a wife. Also, be, we were running marathons at the time. So, you know, throwing in a 10K most mornings on top of that. So it was just that lifestyle that I was told, like, you have to keep your body in top top shape. You have to be feeding your child this way. You have to be working like this. You have to be building the career. You also have to be this kind of wife. And 
there was no one saying that to me every day, but it was just those years and years and years of programming and modeling and seeing that whenever I did deviate from the model, what the consequences were from society or from friends or from, you know, just people's opinions. Um, And I really was so indoctrinated into that you can have it all mentality, that transactional mentality that was programmed into me from a very young age that if you work hard and you do all these things, like you were saying, Lauren, like checking all the boxes, if you check off all the boxes, you can have the life of your dreams. And I just got to a point where I was, you know, driving to work, hooked up to a breast pump in, you know, in a really beautiful suit and just being like, this is not my dream life. Like, when does that happen? When do I get the dream? And for me at that point, my dream was to sleep more than four hours at a stretch. And we ended up when our daughter was two, um, my husband was also running a business in Dubai that was very fast paced. And we made the decision. He's originally from Sweden. We made the decision to um, sell his business and move out of Dubai. And we looked at the U.S., which is where I'm from. We looked at Sweden, which is where he's from. We looked at the U.K. We looked at, you know, Southeast Asia to go and, you know, do that kind of lifestyle for a while and really go to the other end of the spectrum. Um, So it's interesting that you said that you were living in Thailand. Um, You know, we were really looking at all these possibilities. And, you know, he's a Gemini and I'm a Sagittarius. So he was really good at making the pros and cons list for every single place. And I was just getting lit up the whole time, like, yeah, let's do it. And, you know, we could talk ourselves in and out of anywhere. We were like, oh yeah, this really works for us. And what we kept coming back to was Sweden because of the ways that they support families, especially young families here, um, for our daughter to learn Swedish as, you know, she's a Swedish citizen and for her to learn the language, for us to just be able to connect back with nature, connect back with ourselves, be near family, everything really ticked the boxes. And so um, the only drawback was that I was going to have to wait for my visa to go through. So we packed up, we, we made the decision in February, we sold our cars, we sold our everything, we filled a container with our furniture and shipped it out from Dubai on May 1st, 2016. And we've been here ever since. And this was like our one year plan. We're just going to land there for a year and check it out and see what happens. And so we've been here. It's worked out so far. We're, we're pretty happy here. But when we moved here, we found this house um, on this small island right off the coast of Gothenburg in the west of Sweden. And when we came on the boat out here the first day, it was this beautiful May day and summer in Sweden is like nowhere else in the world. I I just have to say that because the sky just feels bluer, the water is clearer, the air is fresh. Um, and so we came out on this ideal day and it was like those God's rays like coming down on the house and you hear the choirs of angels. And I was like, this is it, this is home. And I was going to have to wait my two years for my visa Um, up to two years. It took us 22 months. And during that time, I couldn't work. So for the first time, you know, I was in my late 30s then. For the first time since I was 15, I was unemployed. I had been consistently employed since I was a teenager. And suddenly I'm dropping my two-year-old off at preschool every day and just having, you know, six hours to myself. And I would go hiking in the woods here. 
And at first I was listening to podcasts while I hiked through the woods. I was really still in that, like, keep my mind busy, keep myself going. I don't know what to do with myself. I was doing some consulting work for international firms, um, a little bit below the table. So that was strange, but I started walking after a few months without the podcasts and something started happening as we all know in our own way something really started opening once I just kind of unplugged from the noise and unplugged from this constant cause and effect and feeling like I was always holding the wrong end of the stick. And I really started opening myself up. Things started happening and my visa came through eventually. I took a job as in-house counsel at a software company here in Gothenburg and I put myself right back on the rat wheel or the hamster wheel, the rat race. That's what I'm trying to say. And started commuting into work every day. And thank goodness that I had found the tarot on YouTube because I started spending my commute every day going to and from downtown, you know, on this boat and a bus, listening to tarot readings on YouTube. And that really kept me grounded in that spiritual life that I built for myself and it took me around took me around 2 years of working for that company to finally really have the conversation with my husband and say you know i'm done here i really can't do this i was so burned out i'd really hit the wall and what really changed it for me was that in Sweden, the employment laws, the ways that you work, the hours that you work, the attention on family where, you know, if your kid is sick, you get money from the government to stay home with them. You can take extended leave. Um, you know, there's just so much support. And I came to that point where I said, if I can't make it work here, if I'm not happy in this environment, I don't know where I could be happy in corporate. This just didn't resonate with me anymore. It was not in alignment. And in February of 2020, so I'll talk about the timeline for just a moment. In February of 2020, we had taken a family trip to Thailand for two weeks. And this was right when things were kicking off, where people were starting to get sick and they were, you know, news articles were coming out that places were shutting down. And we were there and my husband and I just had this really deep talk where I said, I feel like when we go back to Gothenburg, I need to put in my notice, which was three months. And I said, I just, I really feel like it's time for me. I, I feel like we need to take the leap. We were living debt free. I, I want to also acknowledge like the, the privilege of it because this is not true for everyone, but we were living debt free. I did not have student loan payments. Um, we had considerable savings that we had built up from Dubai and also from our work here. And we were living, you know, we, we weren't living an extravagant lifestyle. We were living on this Island and, you know, the government pays you $150 a month for just out of the blue for your kid every month. So our overhead was low. My husband still had a really good paying job and we were able to take that leap. We were really privileged and able to say, okay, let's just try this. And I came back, I put in my notice, and then my last official day in the office was April 19th of 2020. And like Megan said, I went off on my own and had this idea, 
same field of dreams. Like, you know what? I know, I know how to build things. I've got a really good concept here. If I just do it really nicely, people will just find me. It's going to be great. But I had a, a lot of fear too about my colleagues and my former classmates and my family and all these people finding out that I suddenly am a psychic tarot reader on the internet. So there was a lot to overcome. And now here I am on the threshold of going into the third year of my business. And it has taken a lot of different turns and I've had to pivot a lot and I've learned a lot about myself. But the one consistent thing is that flow, is that there there is very little cause and effect in my life anymore, but my time is my own. And that for me is, is worth all of it. I'm curious how you relate those concepts of flow and cause and effect. Like when you say you have no cause and effect anymore and you're in flow, what does that feel like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, it feels like I've really found a sustainable pace and rhythm for life that works for me. That's flow for me. Cause and effect is if you do this, then this will happen. And I've tried a lot of different modalities. I've tried, you know, I've signed up for all the mastermind, not all of them, but many masterminds. And what I found is people really applying corporate principles to the entrepreneur life. And that just doesn't seem to resonate for me because I think, okay, we're leaving the corporate life. And I'm not saying that we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but we're leaving corporate. And yet we're still using these corporate principles. We're we're creating corporate structures for ourselves and for our businesses. And I cannot tell you how many times I have listened or, or paid for someone to tell me or teach me, if you do these steps, as in cause, if you do these steps, then this will happen. This is the result. And if that result is not happening, then you must be doing the steps wrong. And I'm such a type A, you know, good girl, good student where I'm like, I'm applying all the steps I can assure you. And I'm doing it with a smile on my face while holding a baby and, you know, doing this. And, you know, I'm walking backwards in heels and the whole thing, like, trust me that I'm doing the the things that I'm quote unquote, supposed to be doing. But I found that, you know, when those principles aren't aligned, you don't have that predictable effect. And that's something that I've actually become really intimate with in this flow concept is really finding, you know, what works for me, not necessarily for my business, not necessarily, even though I love my clients, not necessarily for my clients, because if I'm putting my clients' results first, or if I'm putting my business results first, every single time I run myself straight into the wall. I run myself straight into burnout where I'm like, okay, I'm building all this money and I'm building all of this wealth and all of this abundance and I'm building all these results for my clients and they feel great. But it's like having someone pat you on the back and be like, you look great. And you're like, I'm starving. I feel terrible. And so for me, it's... I haven't seen that predictable cause and effect in my business at a point where I'm not then losing myself. So the flow for me is really, that's what I started with, was that sustainable pace, that sustainable rhythm where I feel healthy, I feel like I can show up. And then it does reflect in my business. It does reflect in the results that my clients are getting. So does that answer your question? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Totally. I'm curious, Megan, how it's resonating with you. Oh my gosh. I'm like, like nodding my head. Like, wow, I've never wrapped that language around the experience of cause and effect versus flow. And it's really profound. It's like really hitting me. And I actually, Liz, I realized that is when I really started experiencing a level of success in my business, not just around financially, but, but, you know, just people signing up for my stuff and me really enjoying it and getting that, you know, the, the reciprocity of energy is when I, um, disconnected from marketing my services as a results oriented experience and more so of a process. This is a process where I'm going to walk with you and create a safe space rather than, Hey, by the end of three months, you're going to have result one, two, and three. And, um, I never really put the language around it of cause and effect versus flow, but that's intuitively what I was feeling of like, I don't want to wrap everything I do into a result for either me or the people in community that I'm serving and, and rather it just be a process. And, um, I'm so happy to have this, this new language to represent, you know, that, that feeling. So, um, it resonates very deeply with me. And I just want to point out, Liz, that I am a Gemini and my husband is a Sagittarius and we are constantly talking about where should we move? Where should we go? Like, this is just like a, like a daily conversation in our house. And I know with Gemini and Sag energy, it can be kind of like hard to like land on something. So I just want to applaud you and your husband for like actually making it happen. Thank you. And it's so funny that you say that because we still, even though we're very happy where we are, we're still like, is it time? Is it time to go? Like pretty much daily, if not like every few days, we're like, we really feel like we're being called somewhere else. So it's just so funny. But you know, that that symbiosis between those opposite signs mm-hmm. and we're both mutable signs. So it just, you know, there's, when you said there, it's difficult to land. Absolutely. That mm-hmm. resonates deeply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. The I'm I'm calling in a relationship myself at the moment. I've felt it circling for a long time and it just keeps getting more and more. I've just been in Edinburgh for the last three weeks. And as soon as I like got off the plane, I had so many, I've been dreaming about this place for years. The amount of deja vu I've been having here is absolutely insane. Um, and I thought the last place I was at was insane. This is like 10 times more. And um, every once in a while, I keep imagining like, well, what if I settle down here? And then it's also like, how can you settle settle anywhere? (laughs) Like, I just, open road, baby. Like, let's go. Anyways, total aside. The, um, I am curious, Megan, um, you had talked about how you asked you asked spirit to to help you when it was time for you to make that change when you had kind of recognized it within yourself. I'm curious what the what the iterative process of listening to that felt like for you because I know for myself um, I've had many moments where it's like this is the change. 
it's mm-hmm. time to go. It's time to move. It's time to whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you shift and you th- it, the time of the shift, it feels like a 180 degree shift. It feels mm-hmm. like you are changing so drastically and dramatically that like you're buying the winning lottery ticket. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, six months or however, like a year, however long down the line, you look back and you're like, oh, that was a 10 degree shift. And I've done six of those since then. And mm-hmm. the, it, so I'm curious what it felt like to you to, to respond to that, yeah. to what came back. Yeah. So I, you know, I had that moment in the mall where I was like, Hey God, whatever your name is, can you please help me? And then, you know, a few days later I get this book and at the time when the book was given to me, I wasn't like, this is the answer. Let me start reading it, you know, but I started reading it. And upon completing the book, I was like, oh, that that's what that was, you know? And, and I, I feel like I kind of had like a spontaneous spiritual awakening where, you know, as I mentioned before, my body was the vehicle that it was either like wake up or, or like crumble and die, you know, um, to be a little dramatic, but I, so over the past couple of years, I've gotten really into numerology and looking at our personal year numbers. And whenever I go back and look at my timeline, 2016 was a one year for me. And one is all about new beginnings. And I did not know this in 2016. And that's when the awakening started happening. That's when, you know, the the moment I was in the mall, that's when that happened. And then, you know, 2017 was a two year, which is when I started building and building and building. So anyway, when I go back and look at my numerology personal years, it's like, wow, it was really, I was, there's some truth to it. You know, I was really following it. But yeah, it was like once I got that book, and really started, you know, recognizing my inner power to, to, to make changes in my life. Um, it just became a magnet. I started having like prophetic dreams and just really paying attention to those dreams and then acting on it. I would have a dream and then I would sit and think about it and journal about it. And I, growing up, wasn't really someone who kept a diary or a journal. I just never like knew what to write about. And then it was just like all of this opened. And I just finally allowed myself to flow with impulse, action, impulse, action. And it was really liberating. I also, at that time, um, decided to quit drinking or take a break from alcohol, which turned into a three-year um, total break from alcohol. And that really helped me to recalibrate my life. Um, I, I did lose a lot of, um, friends, if that's the right word during that process, but it was a shedding that needed to happen. And I was able to make space for myself. Um, and yeah, it was like just all the books started coming to me. And I really liked what Liz said about, you know, she would go on walks and always have the podcast. And then one day it just kind of hit her like, let me take the earplugs, the, you know, headphones out of my ears and and listen. And I had that moment too. It was like, whoa, I got to slow down on the books. I got to slow down on the podcast and the guided meditations and tune into myself. And that was a process too. And Yeah, it was, I mean, really the first time in my life where it was, you know, 
action and attraction, the, the dance between the two. And I allowed it to flow. Um, and yeah, it was just that hitting rock bottom with my body and, and finally saying, I'm, I'm going to do something about this. And, and at the time I didn't have the language for it, but what I realized I was doing was finally shifting out of this victim kind of helpless. Someone needs to come and save me into Victor, into radical responsibility. And, um, and then the books came that helped me put language around it. And I'm a Gemini. So, you know, language is really important to me ruled by the planet of Mercury. You know, I need, I need words. And, um, yeah. So just this awakening to, to the, to the mystical dance of action and attraction in my own inner power. Yeah. Has that changed at all as you have lived in that space for several years now? Like, ha- is there something that's clearer to you now in that process than it was five years ago? Yeah. It's clear to me now that things take time and that doesn't mean that you're broken or that you need to fix anything, you know? And I, I have even kind of changed my languaging around from, you know, is it press procrastination or is it percolation? Is it stagnation or is it stillness, you know, and just really noticing and, and, and noticing like, is, is laziness actually real or is that like a, a, a patriarchal term, you know, invented to just keep us going, 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 going. And, and, yeah, like noticing when, okay, it's time for me to take a break from the, you know, hiring mentors and having coaches and reading all the books and just really like being still and listening to myself and, um, uh, yeah, just allowing for more space. There's less urgency now. Um, and that feels really good and also really scary at times to just kind of like be in the void and, and learning to be more and more comfortable with it. And, and yeah, it's, it's, just, I guess, getting more and more curious rather than the need to label and identify and always, um, you know, feel like, what's the lesson here? What's the lesson? What what can I learn? You know, when something doesn't go quote unquote right, you know, it's just like, sometimes it just is what it is and that's okay, you know? And that's been really nice to, to ease into this space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have felt so much of that throughout my life as well. It's interesting. One of the, this coming into the void space I have in my life, when I was at my like peak of hustle, go, that kind of thing. Um, it took me kind of five years to, to deescalate from that to a point of like, I'm, I'm not a superhuman. I'm just a person. And it's been like another few years since that to actually let myself sink down into the actual void, into the actual space to just allow things in. And it's so funny. I thought of this analogy the other day where, so I have done a lot of public speaking and the, I know when I'm delivering a speech in person, I know that I'm speaking at the right speed. When I am in physical pain, I feel like I'm speaking so slow. I want to bash my head into the podium then I'm speaking at the right speed for everybody to understand me. Because when I am unchecked, I speak 9,000 miles a minute. Um, <laughs> and my brain runs at 9,000 miles a minute. And so this pro- I just clicked that like that is the process of sinking in to this whole 
being in flow, right? Every time that I thought I had slowed down an, enough, um, I like another checkbox, just keep putting checkboxes in my fucking way instead of just living my goddamn life. And mm-hmm. um, the so every time I thought I had slowed down enough, I, there'd be like another gear. It's like there was another gear to slow down. There was another like way that I was still keeping myself in this like go, go, go. Um, every time, so I had um, my own business, which I started in 2018. 2018 was a big like watershed year for me um, of like ending relationships, ending romantic relationship, ending friendships, ending patterns with my family, like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff happened in 2018. And I started my own business from that. Cause like you said, I just kind of wanted to shout from the rooftops, like change is possible. You can do things. Mm-hmm. And um, I did different certifications and yeah, like the exact same thing of, you know, you build the beautiful website. Oh my God, my website was so gorgeous. I paid like two grand to have this website done. Mm -hmm. And I never felt right. I never felt aligned with it. And I ended up scrapping it and being like, I can't figure out what the thing is here that is not right. And it's that... I think I literally realized it to this morning when I was doing my hair. Like I literally, literally just clicked that like, it's cause I haven't been following me. It's still been like, like what you said, like that cause and effect. Right. And so the, just that process of the void is going into the void and allowing yourself to be still, um, is not talked about enough. Um, I'm curious, Liz, what revelations came out of that stillness for you um, that have shaped how you now operate within your, within your life of flow? There's so much humility because when we talk about stepping into that void, I can distinctly remember the first time that I was aware that I was stepping into the void in, in my spiritual awakening. And it was like it just popped in my head in the woods one day and I felt like I was standing at the doorway of this very old temple and everything outside was very bright. I could see around and everything inside was pitch black and I could, you know, I could smell that there was incense inside. I could tell that there was something going on in there and there was just this urge like step into this. And in my head, I was like, who's coming with me? And then the voice came in, nobody, you have to step in. (laughs) And I just visualized myself like, okay, fine. You know, visualized myself stepping into that darkness, but being me and being human, it was like I had my hands out in front of me like this, you know, reaching for the wall or making sure I wasn't going to bump into something the whole time. And like Megan was saying, you know, coming out the other side of that, being in that deep trust of, I don't really know what I'm doing here, but I think I'm doing the right thing. I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And nothing disastrous was happening as I was going through this process. And so that it was like, you know, for, for the parents listening, um, it's like with new parenthood, Everything is basically negative reinforcement or negative feedback. You only know from the baby when you're not fulfilling a need. And so it's, you know, they're not happy, really. They're just 
in the absence of crying. And that's kind of where I felt in that void the first time was like, okay, nobody's getting hurt. Nobody's crying. Nothing's falling down around me. It must be okay. I'll just keep going. And at that time, I didn't even have the wherewithal to be like, what's the lesson? It was just more, let me get through this. And I got to the other side of that. And a big part of that was really opening up for me at the time, clairvoyant, you know, my clair senses, my clairvoyance, my clairaudience. And that was really cool. But it was that feeling of humility, that not knowing when my whole life I'd been rewarded for finding the answer or finding the thing, finding the path. Um, You know, the more I worked, the more reward would come through. And this time it was like, no, you can't do it that way. And so it was deeply humbling. And that I feel like has been really at the core of a lot of this journey for me. And it was so funny because I just want to veer off on a little tangent really fast because like talk about following the flow and following those intuitive impulses because around four months after I left my job and I was trying to build my tarot business, I had this calling to have this month-long group around the menstrual cycle. And I was like, I can't run a group on the menstrual cycle I mean, I'm a menstruator, but I, I don't have any qualifications and I'm not a doctor and I don't know. And like all of these downloads were coming in where it's like you're creating the new feminine economy here. And that starts with cycles and that starts with deep connection with our bodies and that starts with deep connection with nature and that starts with deep connection with the flow of life and that not everything is summer sunshine. We have to go through the winter. We have to hibernate. We have to start to go into the rhythms of life. And little old unqualified Liz opened this up. It was a free program. I called it the 28-day cycle renewal because I was still in very corporate speak. And it was me and a group of, um, you know, it was some men, some women, some non-binary people. And we were all menstruators and we were all going through day-by-day not only what happens in the menstrual cycle, but what also happens in nature that coincides with those days of the menstrual cycle, um, what happens in the natural world, what happens in, when we look at trends in business throughout through that lens. So it was really neat. And I just kind of followed it. And every time I showed up for it, I was thinking like, am I, is, am I still supposed to be doing this? Am I still is this right? Like this doesn't seem to tie into anything with my business. And it was only when I came out the other side where it started sinking in for me. Like I was being really introduced into getting comfortable with flow and getting comfortable with um, what you were talking about before, Megan, where, you know, sometimes business is going to be, you know, going up and sometimes there's going to be a fluctuation and sometimes... And I really started seeing my business through that lens where sometimes we don't have control and it's just this set of circumstances that's flowing. And sometimes we're going to have the energy to go up and sometimes we're going to have to retreat and reflect. And so this was all to say that there are so many things that happen when you're in flow that may not make sense in the moment, but there is a rhyme or a reason to it. And sometimes we may not even realize until years later and then reflect back and say like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened in the mall. Or, oh my gosh, I can't believe I said yes to running this period group. Um, but where it really did 
helped to set me up with the mindset, with that energetic template for be in the flow, trust the ups and downs, trust that it's not always going to be sunny. It's not always going to be dark. You're going to be okay. But again, like taking it back, very humbling. That's been the number one thing for me. Yeah, for me, I'd say the void, absolutely humbling. And the more and more I say yes to the void, I'm learning that the combination of presence and gratitude is like the candlelight. You know, it's, it's, it's helping to put one step one foot in front of the other and not gratitude in the way of like, how many things can you be grateful for? And how many things can you write in, you know, two minutes in your, in your gratitude journal. But like when you're in the void and you're yearning for clarity and certainty, the breadcrumb is gratitude, you know, like get really present. And what's the one thing that you can feel in your body that you are grateful for in this moment. And, and the more we can get comfortable with the sensation of gratitude in the darkness, the more we can, you know, become a guide for ourselves. And, and I know, you know, gratitude is so overused. It's, but for a reason, you know, um, it, it is that, that, and, and, and I'm, I'm talking about real gratitude, you know, again, not just the quickly naming some things that, and you're not even feeling it in, in your body, but that, that real sensation of gratitude and the acknowledgement of maybe seeing something that was challenging through the lens of gratitude you know, when we can do that really and truthfully and authentically, that that's our compass. That's the candlelight. That's the breadcrumbs. And, and we're taught, like, you know, like Liz was saying, we're taught cause and effect, you know, like get super, super clear and, and take the actions. But when we're in the void, that clarity is not, is not really with us. And so, you know, gratitude is like your superpower in, in the void, at, at least for me. And, um, and, and the first thousand times you're in the void, it might be, you know, hard to, to, to find gratitude, to feel true, deep gratitude in the belly. But, but it really is, it's, it, it is, it, it is the alchemy, you know, and, and it, it is what brings you out on the other side stronger and, and more you, you know? Um, and it is really cool to like uniquely, you know, like in this moment, in this void, what is Megan Sylvester uniquely gratitude, you know, gracious, grateful for that maybe nobody else would be, you know? And, and that's really cool to think about. Well, I think for me, that real gratitude that you're talking about, it always surprises me whenever I sit down to be like, what am I grateful for today? It's like my body is just kind of like, fuck you. Um, Mm -hmm. But the, when I actually 
whenever it comes up, it's always this like surprise wave. And Mm -hmm. whenever I can like catch it and write it down or like dance it out or like do something to acknowledge it, holy Hannah, the return Mm -hmm. on that is like a thousandfold over whatever mantra or list Mm -hmm. or whatever I can write out. Um, Mm -hmm. Because yes, of course, in any moment I can sit down and be like, let's get present and like, let's pick something to focus on. But for the most part, I, for me personally, at least that's more of a mental exercise. Whereas Mm -hmm. like, I find that the most potent stuff comes out of body exercises and like the, the body knowing, and that stuff is not something that I can schedule or plan, but Mm -hmm. I make a conscious effort to like recognize it as it comes up. And for me, those are miracles, right? It's it's, that's one of the, the great miracles of life is being able to have the bandwidth to notice those things, drop your shit for a second and then play with it. Mm -hmm. Right. And to, and to bring some lightness and excitement and and fun into it. um, That's, that's fun. Right. It's magic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every night at the dinner table, we we go around and we say, you know, what's just one thing you're grateful for today? I have three kids and my son, he's two every time. Cars and trucks, cars and trucks, cars and trucks. And like two or three times he said, he's looked at me and said, I am grateful for you. And holy moly, that was a moment. And it's like, you can see the truth in his eyes, you know, and like, oh my God, I'm just as important as cars and trucks. Wow. <laughs> feels really good feels really good that's awesome (laughs) well that's the thing like wouldn't it be so great to build a business where like that's your tagline you're like I'm just as important as cars and trucks right and like let that be like (laughs) authentically you and like have people like this to me is is like where my vision is going like post late capitalism is like that we can really like soak up those things like this is this is the real stuff, you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I'm curious. This has probably already been answered, but I want to frame it in a slightly different way. What keeps both of you from going back to that corporate life? Because um, I know, Liz, you said you went, you did go back once. I have also gone back many times. The seductive allure of a steady paycheck is real. Um, I'm just curious what now keeps you guys in, in your, in your lane? I do play with the idea. I let myself play in the idea every once in a while, right. Of going on LinkedIn and reactivating my profile and looking around at what's out there. Sometimes I do go through the exercise of, let me just see what legal jobs are available within 25 miles of me. And I think that exercise is really important for me where I let myself play in that energy of what would that look like? What would that feel like? Is is that actually more aligned for me? Like checking in with that instead of just saying like, that's not me anymore. That's not my truth. Because I always kind of leave that door open of curiosity. Like what if, what if that would become aligned for me again? But I will tell you that it takes maybe 3.5 minutes on average for me to shut down the website and be like, nope, not for me. And it, it it's that body feeling. It's I get immediately exhausted. I, I'm holding onto my chest right now because that's where I really feel it is the pressure in my chest of having to sit through meetings, 
talking about key performance indicators and quarterly goals and how, you know, new mission statements for the team and just what, for me, what a waste of time that felt like having to push so hard to move the sledge up the hill every, every quarter, every week, every day. And I allow myself to return to that feeling of flow to, as a counterbalance and I choose it. I say, you know what, this just doesn't feel aligned for me. Like you said, the paycheck, the steady paycheck, or knowing that the responsibility is not all mine is alluring at times. But even thinking of putting together a cover letter to try to prove myself to something that I don't actually feel aligned with, and then having to go to an interview and you know, sell myself to people and try to cover up the fact that I'm not really interested and that I'm just doing it for the paycheck. It just stops me in my tracks where I say, you know what, this is not aligned. This does not feel good in my body. I'm going to find another, I'm going to go back into the void and, and allow it to show me another way. So that's where I'm at with returning to corporate life. <laughs> yeah, Liz, I, I just want to acknowledge that I, I love that you give yourself permission to like explore it. Um, and because I think there is such rich wisdom in those impulses, you know, and, and maybe that wisdom is just guiding us to say, Hey, explore it and know that this is not right. Instead of just resisting the urge altogether to explore. Um, and yeah, for me, I mean, very similar, like every once in a while, I'll get that wild hair of like, wow, it would be so nice to just, you know, put my work down at the end of the night and study paycheck and, you know, whatever. And then I'll get on, like, I'll, I don't even know where to start. You know, I'm like, like, I don't, I don't even know. And then, yeah, looking at the names of jobs, even I'm like, like, no. And then like, and then I got to report to somebody else. And then also I can't just like take a vacation when I want, like, I don't know. I know. Thank you. <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, so that, that giving ourselves the permission to explore, I think is really important because you'll know in the body, um, cause that's mine. My body immediately like tenses up. I get really like frustrated and irritated and I mean, within minutes, you know, and, um, I also want to say that I think someone who's working a corporate job that's really happy and thriving, they're also in flow. You know, I think sometimes in the spiritual world, we kind of like um, connect corporate job with like living out of alignment. But, but for some people, their corporate job may be very, very much aligned, you know? So I, I also want to make that really clear um, that, you know, entrepreneurship for some may be out of alignment you know? Um, but yeah, the, for me, the biggest thing is like not being able to just like travel when I want, because travel is such a big part of what I do now, leading retreats all over the world. Like, I can't imagine not doing that. That would, no, like, it's just, no, <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you bringing that up very, very much about the, there are people to whom a corporate life is aligned because I do truly believe that and I often forget it because I know for me the at the point that I'm in right now literally the thought of like having a boss over me makes me gag in about three seconds and so mm -hmm. like the the I, I'm deep deep in a void right now um mm -hmm. but the that is I yes I do wholly believe that too mm -hmm. Fabulous. Well, ladies, thank you so much for joining me today to have these conversations. Um, 
this was truly phenomenal to hear from other people who have been through the same ebb and flow and journey and surrender. Um, it is a wild ride sometimes and sometimes it feels lonely as hell. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for, for joining me today. Thanks for creating the space. It was really fun. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. And I want to say thank you also to all of our listeners. Thank you for sticking with us. And please join us next week for more conversations with friends on Casually Profound.